So hello and welcome to another episode of Advice Worth Keeping. I'm Joe DeProspero and I'm here with KPMG advisory leaders, Susan Garcia and Brian Jensen. Susan and Brian, welcome. So let's get into it. Before the cloud, information technology outsourcers would pitch their services as, we'll run your mess for less. The mess being all the complexities involved in supporting an on-premise solution. ITOs could achieve the for less part through economies of scale and offshoring. The net deliverable was the same as if you ran it yourself, a software application with 5.9 availability, but with lower costs and fewer headaches. So the cloud has shaken this model up. Susan, can you talk to our listeners about what you're seeing? Absolutely. It's no longer a question of your mess for less. Uh, As you said, in the old days, uh, an outsourcer would come in, They'd look at what you had. They'd figure out how they were going to do a transition and really just take over what you were already running. Sometimes they'd buy your data centers and then they'd just manage your applications. And you pretty much were, your expectation was set that you would want to have the the systems running as well or, or better than they were before, but there wasn't a lot of change. In this new world where the software vendors Um, typically are putting things out in the cloud for you, you don't have an outsourcer coming in and taking over your mess for less. What they're doing is it's created a shared model responsibility where your outsourcer needs to come in and say, okay, we're going to do all your upgrades, but with each upgrade you have 25 new features and we're going to give you an impact study and tell you what you should turn on. That's kind of a separate project. And each time you have the ability to kind of upgrade and evolve your your not only your IT environment, but your business environment. That's not the sort of situation you were in before. You really just ran the systems until it was time for the next upgrade, and you can make that decision as to when that might happen. Susan, in this world, though, as you're talking about, mess for less, as you alluded to, it really was data centers and hardware and applications and databases running on that hardware. In this new cloud-enabled world, it's it's your outsourcer has to be your business partner. They have to be more focused on your business processes and how you as an organization are teaming with a cloud provider to take advantage of these upgrades and to enhance your business as you go along. These incremental changes are what keeps you as an organization using the latest and greatest technology as opposed to the model you just talked about. When you're running your mess for less, you're really just holding on, right? You're, you're, you're fighting the, the des- desire, the need to modernize incrementally and you're waiting for big events. And I think this partnership that's business process centric is very favorable for us. It's much like our iPhones and our Android devices. We like the fact that our, you know, old iPhone that may be an iPhone 10 is, is running the latest update from Apple. It's the same environment with cloud and you need an out, a managed service provider that's partnering with you and taking advantage of that cycle to keep you in a, in a space that's, that's, you know, enabling you to be not only competitive in the marketplace, but also from a cost-efficient perspective. Yes, you raise a good point, Brian. The conversation with the CIO or the IT business leader is very different than it was in the old days. Today, you're having a conversation about what is the business outcome you 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 want? What is your strategy and how are we going to enable that as, as your managed services provider? So you you as a provider have to know much, much more about the client's business and what sort of outcomes they want, what where they're going with their business, because as you have the ability to help evolve their environment, you have to know what it is that they need to have evolved to meet their business needs. 
So it's a really different conversation, and it's also a very different level of expectations that are set. Well, it's it's really a target operating model discussion. You're part of that target Absolutely. operating model. It's, it's not a, I'm running these servers as an outsourcer, or I'm running this data center, running these servers, which run these applications, these databases. You kind of flip it around. It's These are the business processes we're enabling, like record to report and hire to retire. And here are the systems, uh, cloud-enabled systems. And I say that plural because it's quite often not just one. You know, it's not just a Workday, it's not just an Oracle, it's not just an SAP, it's it's those plus a number of other applications. Absolutely, and that's the com- kinds of conversations we're having with clients. They're worried about how fast their business processes are running, and we can now measure that and with various tools we have to kind of bolt on to our, our ERP system. So when they say we want the procure-to-pace process to go faster, we can actually tell them, how it's operating today, not just from an IT perspective, but from a business perspective, and help them gain those types of efficiencies. That was never expected in the run your mess for less sort of environment. So again, it's very important to understand what the client's goals are and where their pain points are so that as a provider, you can you can help them meet their business goals. Yeah, I totally agree. Think about that whole obsession we had with five nines in the run your mess for less era. It was all about, you know, what's your uptime? And in today's world, it's it's not the uptime. It's how many transactions, how many people are you onboarding, how many um, trans, uh, invoices are you processing, how many customer orders are you processing in a given time period, and is there any latency? Is there any issues? Did You know, it's, it's one thing to have all the systems up, but if you're not taking orders, how much value are you providing from a technology perspective? That's right, and the other part of that is, how many new features are you taking advantage of? So if we go backwards to the way it was before, you oftentimes just did upgrades and there weren't new features involved. But now cloud cloud providers, when they develop new software and new features, they know exactly what platform their software is going to be on, whereas in the old days, they might have, have had to test their software on 25 different platforms. So they spent the bulk of their time testing and less time developing new features features. So now we see these quarterly updates or annual updates that happen with the various systems, and they're very feature-rich in a way we've never seen before. So you might get 25 new features, and you as a, a, a client have the ability now to take advantage of those. So all of a sudden you're faced with trying to figure out what features you want to implement and if you don't, if you opt out of them for, you know, many, many upgrades, you're looking at a big upgrade later on. So the clients are very much incentivized and want to take advantage of these new features as quickly as possible. When, Susan, that, that brings up a far different point. So it's, it's feature-rich, process-centric, but it's also identifying the integration and aggression testing responsibilities. So as a managed service provider we really focus on understanding those business processes, understanding the, the connected architecture between the cloud application and the associated sources of data, both coming in and going out. But then it's that regression testing. After you take advantage of that new functionality that the cloud provider has given you, how do you test that functionality before you go live to make sure that it doesn't break your interfaces? It doesn't change the way your data is working. 
how do you validate controls? How do you validate security so that the auditors are okay with you making those changes? Because as you said, those changes are very feature rich. They're not these small incremental changes that make a, you know, a cursor or a, a box look different on a screen. They're new capabilities inside of a business process. And so as you are taking advantage of those and perform that upgrade and doing those regression testing and training the business community, you're actually enabling that change in a way that's more sustainable. Because without all of that integrated thinking, you're, you're, if you don't look at regression testing and if you don't train the, the end users, you're going to have systems that evolve. But those systems are going to evolve, evolve in a pace that's not predictable, meaning the data is going to be a little suspect because before the, the new feature and after the new feature, how did the data change? You know, how, did, how, did, how we collect and how do we report data change? And if it's incrementally different, then how do you adjust for that? Next is, as an end user, none of us like that, you know, the screen's different scenario. You know, why is it different? What do I have to do on this screen now? Really is, is creates an environment that's unpredictable, meaning the users are going to figure it out, but they're going to fill in values that aren't necessarily what you want to capture. And so that, as you look at that, that constant business process-centric, constantly involving um, application, cloud application environment, your outsourcer, your managed service provider has to be much more in tune to those cycles. Yes, I think that's a really good point. The regression testing for these upgrades that happen automatically is key, whereas before you could choose your own timing as to when upgrades happen. Many of the cloud providers push the upgrades on a designated time frame. Some providers push it to all the clients on the same day. Some give you a three-week window. But the bottom line is, as a client, you have to be ready to do regression testing, because, especially if you've customized your system because you may have features that don't work properly after an upgrade, or you may have um, some new things that appear that the users may not know about. So regression testing during these upgrades and the scheduling of it becomes really important, more so than it was in the past, because you, as a client, had complete control in the past. Now it goes back to the conversation we had about shared responsibility. Now you're coordinating not only with the vendor and your, your own company as far as the regression testing, but your managed services provider. So there's kind of three different parties that are involved in this testing that uh, uh, need to be coordinated to be sure that you, your, your environment runs as you, as you expect it to. And, and all that has to be scheduled out and documented and the controls validated and everything put together in a nice package for the auditors because they are going to care about this. That auditors Absolutely. have grown up in a world, to back to your, your point earlier, Susan, where you know they're used to an upgrade every three or four years. Now we're living in a world where those upgrades could be material on a quarterly basis. That's right. So, Brian, as a follow-up, what does this mean for people, processes, and governance? That, that's a great question. I think before we jump into that, and, and we refer to that as the target operating model, but before we jump into it, let's let's decompose the shared responsibility model, which if you're not familiar with in, in a cloud application or a cloud uh, solution or, or um, resources discussion, you should go look at the shared responsibility model. And essentially what it shows is where's the division between the cloud provider and the client? Who's doing what when it comes to the, the full stack of the technology solution? In the past, when the, when the applications and databases were on-prem, the client had full responsibility. You bought software from a provider. They gave you a gold disk. You installed the software on your servers that you bought from other people. 
you um, ran it in your data center. So from top to bottom, it was your solution. If it went down, it was generally you that had to deal with it. You or your outsourcer had to deal with the, the why it went down. Well, in today's world with the shared responsibility, it really is an agreement between you and your cloud provider. Depending on the type of cloud solution or resource you're using, a software as a service, a, a infrastructure service, or a platform as a service, that shared responsibility changes. So in a, in a software as a service scenario, you really are only responsible for who are the users, what's the configuration you're going to configure that, that software to look like using the options the cloud provider gives you, what's the data that you are bringing into that um, application, what's the transactional data you're capturing, and then what's the data you're, you're taking out of the application in the form of reports, either from the provider or custom. Uh, and that's a, that, that's a very thin slice historically. You know, if you if you add up the 25 components, when it's on-prem, you own all 25. When it's a SaaS application, you only own four or five components. And so you really are teaming with your cloud provider to make sure that you are, have, have everything covered. Now, that's great because that's really part of the service you are buying from the cloud provider. They're making sure the data center is working. They're making sure that the application servers, the database servers are all functioning. They're watching the blinky lights, so to speak. They're making sure that the the code that's being used and you're consuming on the cloud side is is written appropriately. It's tested appropriately. Um, and so you just really have to, who are your users? What's your data? How are you executing the transactions? When you make a configuration decision, how are you testing that configuration decision, et cetera? Now, that shared responsibility model is a conceptual idea. The SOC 1 and SOC 2 reports provided by your cloud provider and your software or your cloud contract actually dictate what each other's responsibilities are. And so it's very important that you, for each cloud solution that you're consuming, that you understand that shared responsibility model, that you document it out um, and tie it back to your contract in the SOC 1 report. Um, now, how do you how do you operate this? So that's the concept, right? You have a you have an agreement with your cloud provider. Was well, you add a third party, your managed service provider, to this? How do you how does your managed service provider team with you and the cloud provider to actually enable this? And that's what we at KPMG call the target operating model. And that's the alignment of, of the people, the process, and technology supporting your cloud environment uh, and the associated business processes. And so what we do is we essentially start with a very robust business process model, and that serves as the backbone for the documentation on how the system functions, how people use the system. We then come combine that with a technical architecture in the target operating model um, to actually show how things are connected uh, and how, you know, how the cloud applications connected to legacy applications or how the cloud applications connected to other cloud applications so that we know how things you know, where data goes in and out, back and forth. We then take that and we layer on top of that the, the management cycles. And so the processes are connected to people, the technology architecture is connected to the technologies being used and what, you know, what the technology division of labor is between the cloud provider and the, the client slash um, managed service provider. But we then finally layer on a cycle. And generally speaking, so you take an Oracle cloud environment, there are quarterly updates. And so from a quarterly perspective, where does it start? When, when Oracle releases a, you know, a, you know, a 22B, which is how they label next year's second quarterly update, when 22B, the, the documentation comes out for what changes, 
how does the outsourcer, the managed service provider, how KPMG, do we take that list of changes, review that against the business process models, the technology architecture, and work with a client to make a decision on, are we going to take advantage of these new functionality, or is it something we can delay a quarter or a year? Um, and in often cases, we're going to take advantage of that. So if we take advantage of this new functionality, what are the impacts to our interfaces? What are the impacts to our reports? What are the impacts to our business processes? What are the impacts to security controls? And what are the impacts to the end users? And so when you do that inventory, the, the impact assessment, you then create your plan on how you update. And that update could, could just simply mean a configuration change, could mean new security roles, could be new security control, new controls on the compliance side. But in most cases, it involves some new end user training. And so as you look at what the change is, you inventory what, you know, the, 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 the change related to the upgrade, you inventory the impact assessment and you define all the impacts, you make the changes, you document the changes, you then have to test the changes uh, and you have to train the end users. That's how we um, can take that concept of a new functionality provided by the cloud vendor and turn it into reality using our target operating model. We combine people and processes, technology, our technology architecture, and the governance. And the governance is, is two-sided. It's, it's the governance of that, that calendar and how we make those changes, but it's also the governance and how we capture the changes, document the changes, um, validate the controls, and package that all up for the auditors. And so that, that sounds very complex. We used to do this before, by the way. And Susan and I both did big ERP upgrades in the past. We used to do this before, but we did it as part of an ERP upgrade that was a major project. Now we're doing this in incremental stages. And if, you're, if you look at managed service providers and they're not approaching it with the, the elegant complexity of what I just referenced, then they're actually just running a system and they're kind of putting Band-Aids on it, right? They're barely managing your cloud environment and you're having these small incremental, they, they say, you know, death by a thousand cuts. They're having these small incremental changes that are actually not adjusting your organization, your processes, your controls, your compliance for your governance for those changes. And what's going to happen is you're going to look up in a year and you're not going to recognize the system that you're using. Your reports are not going to uh, tick and tie back to what you expected. And your auditor is going to be pulling their hair out because it's, the system has changed so much without you changing with it that you're going to have a problem. Okay, so Brian, staying with you, and, and Susan, we'll get to you after. Um, could, could you summarize here, what should today's business leaders consider when choosing a managed service provider? Yeah, that's a great question, and we, we answer this all the time. And it's, it's, it's challenging because historically, people become accustomed to hiring a, an outsourcer, a business process outsourcer, managed service outsourcer that does run their mess for less. They've been preconditioned for that. And, and so today as they move into the cloud and you make this decision for your cloud environments, it's a completely different set of priorities and KPIs. You should be looking for someone who is really your, your business partner, who's front and center with you on managing your business processes. It's no longer a discussion on blinky lights. You know, it's no longer worrying about is that data center up and running and is that server up and running. It's now picking a partner that appreciates the importance of managing your business, of your customer orders, your employees, and where your employees are working from. And, and we all know that, that could be anywhere now, right, and, and in the future. It's, it's picking a partner that appreciates the, the need for you to be able to close those books at the end of a quarter 
not a business partner that reports to you on, on the five nines, not a business partner outsourcer that says, hey, our data center can execute this many transactions. It's, it's not that. You know, that's what we used to care about. Today, we, act, we, we really are caring about what Susan referenced earlier, the feature rich. Feature rich is really business processes. And so it's a priority to pick someone who is more on the business side, who has a full appreciation of technology, but even a greater extent, someone who appreciates your business, your industry, your business processes. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. We're not here to, you know, as, as organizations, we're not here to be a technology center. We're here to execute business processes. We're here to serve our customers. And so picking up an outsourcer, it's really picking someone to a partner in your business processes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I guess the way I think about it is when when looking for a managed services provider as a leader, you should be looking for someone that's focused on business outcomes, who will help you evolve your business, not just the IT, but the people, process, and the technology, so that you're always ready for the next new thing that happens in your industry and in your business. And And that's a very big divergence from where we were before when providers really just took on your master less. This is a much higher level thinking. It requires both business and technology knowledge. Yeah, I love that. It, it is. And what's funny about that, Susan, you know, back when you and I were in the run your mess for less companies, um, it really was a heavy technology discussion, wasn't it? It was absolutely. We didn't talk a lot about business processes, but you fast forward 15, 5, 10, 15 years later it really is about, you know, what does order to cash look like? What does hire to retire look like? What are the systems and the processes and the people associated with that? That's the question we're asking. Um, because if a system's running and, and it's five nines and it's never gone down, but none of your users know how to use it or it's so complicated and it's changed so much that people don't appreciate how to use it correctly, then what value is it providing? Absolutely. Yeah. It, no longer is it a conversation about how good are your data centers what kind of tools are you using to monitor applications and processes? It's much more about how are you helping me evolve my business and my business outcomes? When, and I think as we wrap up, evolve is the key word there. You know, just like our iPhones and our Android devices, they are constantly evolving and we like that, right? We complain about, oh, I've got to do another upgrade, but we all like that our iPhone is enabled and it's, it's growing with us. And those new capabilities are, are, are enhancing as we you know, go through our day as opposed to having to buy a new iPhone. I'm an old BlackBerry person. Back when we used to use a BlackBerry, if you didn't like the feature that your BlackBerry provided, you actually had to go to you know, the, the, the cell providers and buy a new BlackBerry, right? Um, that, we're not in that world anymore. We're in a world where we're incrementally changing and our, our cloud applications are doing the same. And, and that's our expectation. I think it's also our expectation that as these cloud applications evolve, that it's accessible from anywhere, anytime, any device within, you know, a security consideration, you know, controlled consideration world. And as a business process outsourcer, we're in the trenches with the end user where they are. We're not behind the scenes in a data center. So Susan, Brian, I want to thank you so much for your time and for your valuable insights on this topic. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. We'll connect with you again on a future episode of Advice Worth Keeping. 